Are you a sex worker looking to build a new website or a website redesign? Then you'll want to consider Fox Digital. They did a fantastic job designing my website, Stripped by Sia. If you want your website done, mention that you're a listener of the show at foxdigital.design for 20% off. Tell them I sent you. Welcome back to another episode of Stripped by Sia, your podcast for strippers, sex workers, and all the fancy naked people in between. I am your host, Steph Sia, aka Kimchi, on stage. I'm taking a wee little break um, for the holidays. I think I'll probably be back in the new year at some point where you come see me live. And at that point, I will let you know when that um, when those dates and clubs are. Um, other than that, I am an OnlyFans model and creator and was a sugar baby for a few years and you could hear about all those experiences if you want to learn about me personally in some bonus episodes earlier in season one two and three but um for now yeah this is all about um destigmatizing sex work so if you're brand new here it's kind of my mission to do that by um bringing different guests on bringing different guests on from the adult industry specifically and Providing a platform where they can share their stories, their lived experiences um, without any kind of censor. And also um, basically with a transparent lens because I just feel like a lot of times our stories are told by people or folks who are not in our industry like the media, like journalism, like a lot of people that have never stepped foot in uh, our lives. So I want to be able to do that. And I've been running the show for the past few years. and. Just want to say thank you for everyone who's been listening. It's been a wild ride and I appreciate the support as well as my paying subscribers on Patreon. Um, big, big shout out and thank you to those folks that are up on there. Just going to give a quick little shout out to those who are on the second and top tier of the Patreon. So hello to Snoo Snoo all the way from Germany. We have Jay Sunsern. From here, British Columbia, lovely British Columbia. Justin Erickson, who is from Washington, um, Vancouver, Washington, actually. Arif Sarkar, who is also from Vancouver. And of course, shouting out to the newer subscribers that are on there that I actually don't know where your locations are, but hello to Selena Money and Ted McGuire. Thank you so much. Uh, just know that all of your um, money has gone to building my lovely website, which is what we will actually be talking about today. Not my website in particular, but um, the wonderful, wonderful genius behind it, Anthony, who is from Fox Digital, who created my website and also creates many, many websites for those who are um, in the full service sex industry. But of course, a lot of people do ask about websites, you know, where to get started and whatnot. So this episode is going to be all about that, but yeah, big shout out there. And also lastly, shout out to Skyhawk After Dark. Um, it is a network of podcasts and video casts uh, from adult creators, performers, and talent, and those who are even behind the scenes as well. So be sure to check that out, skyhawkafterdark.tv. And with that being said, I'm really trying to keep that under three minutes. <laughs> I'm so excited to bring on um, today's guest. As me briefly mentioned, Anthony, who reached out to me like, what, a year and a half ago, <laughs> asking to collab. And I'm like, okay, let's let's do this. It's finally time. We have time to get you on the show. We worked on the lovely website. It's almost ready, December 1st, but I'm reaching for. But yes, as mentioned, we're talking about the online. We're talking about digital. We're talking about marketing. We're talking about SEO. Talk about website and how this is so important, especially in my opinion, for those who who run um, full service um, as their their primary line of business. Um, a lot of this information, however, can be 
transfer to other forms of sex work too. But just keep this in mind that we are. Um, he specifically works with a lot of like escorts. So just wanted to keep that in mind in case you're like, this doesn't apply to me. Well, yeah, I mean, just take it with a grain of salt. But um, without further ado, because I've been rambling on for now four and a half <laughs> minutes. Hello, Anthony. <laughs> hey, Sia, how's it going? Should I do my intro for another four and a half minutes? <laughs> just your intro, then my intro. Okay, thanks, everybody. See ya. <laughs> We're done here. <laughs> I'm a little bit rusty. I haven't liked podcasts in a while. And like, I feel like, oh my God, I have so many more things to like squish in now, but I'm excited to have you on. Um, did I do okay for your intro? I did like, it was so small. Oh, I feel like, I feel like you have, you're so much more like you, you were also like a, a former podcast host many years ago too. And like, you've been in marketing and digital design for what, a decade? Now? Yeah, a decade. Over? I was a small business owner in Vancouver for a decade. And then I uh, sold that and I traveled around, you know, Europe and Asia for a bit. And that's when I kind of transitioned to the digital world. And now I'm temporarily back in Canada and uh, plotting what country I want to live in next. <laughs> what, what are you planning? Do you, do you have an idea or it's just all up in the air? Yeah, I was going to go to Europe last year. I want to move back to Europe and I was going to go to Europe. I was actually going to move to like Bulgaria, but oh. then the whole Russia started going a little bit crazy and Bulgaria is pretty close to Russia. And so <laughs> I thought, you know, for now, it's probably better to be on this side of the pond, you know, this side <laughs> of the Atlantic Ocean. Um, but I think, uh, you know, hopefully that situation gets settled up soon. And uh, yeah, I'd like to move. I lived in Europe before and so I'd like to move back there. Cool. Um, maybe Portugal or something like that where it's nice and sunny yeah. all the time. I like to ride yeah. motorcycles. So, you know, in Vancouver, yeah. we don't, we have a very short riding season. So. Yeah. And you just came back from a long motorcycle trip, didn't you? Like, yeah, I just went a uh, trip around the United States three weeks. And so I'm, I'm editing that video right now and hopefully cool. get to release it soon. Well, I can't wait to see that. And also my butt hurts just thinking about a three week motorcycle trip. Like, <laughs> <laughs> super fun i mean i'd love to continue talking about your motorcycle trip and travels and everything but i know we want to get into the nitty-gritty of everything that is website design and also like just how important it is and how that can be a really great driving factor to gain more clients to get business and stuff too which is a main bulk of this episode because um i have done some like really brief like digital marketing like really general scratching the surface though we're gonna get into like some technical details here which i think is still really important even if like you're not super savvy on that if like um i'm, I'm sure that you're kind of gonna like break it all down for us today but before we kind of get into all those minute details i really wanted to and also the audience <laughs> would like to know like where it all began for you. Like how did you get into marketing and how did you get to working with sex workers specifically? Um, well, like I mentioned, I was a small business owner before and, you know, I kind of sold my business right kind of when digital and internet was really starting to take off. And so I'd always kind of dabbled in that a little bit. Um, and then I, I took off for a while and took a bit of a holiday for a few years. And then when I kind of got back into the digital world, started to look at that, you know, kind of as, a, as opportunities, what I saw was that a lot of misinformation out there and, you know, especially as a small business owner, small business owners, we can't afford to make a lot of mistakes. Right, a big company, you make a mistake, you can write it off, no big deal. Small business owner, you make a you make a mistake. I have a client who spends six thousand dollars on a website. He hasn't had a single inquiry on his website in two years. Oh. you know, and you know he, he can't afford to lose six thousand dollars, right? He has right. no sales, no inquiries, no nothing. So that's not that's not a mistake that small business owners can make too many times. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like I'm very good at, at kind of explaining the technical aspect of the internet marketing, digital marketing in a way that small business owners can understand because I was one of these people before. And um, that's why I kind of transitioned into that. That's what my primary work is. Most, most of my clients, small business owners who 
ironically, they always find me after they've spent a ton of money somewhere else. And I'm always like cleaning up their problems, which is kind of annoying. Like, I wish they would just come to me before, but they're always like, I wish I knew you before. I'm like, me too. But, um, um, and then, yeah, so then I, I started looking at sex work because I, I met a photographer who does like boudoir photography and all that. And then I kind of looked at, you know, a few women's websites and I thought, well, I mean, doesn't look that great. Um, but then what kind of really caught my attention was when I looked online for uh, like escort website design services. And I looked at all the services that were being offered. And these look horrible. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think I showed you one of them and I loved your comment. You said it looks like something from a GeoCities page. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. Like, if you don't know what GeoCities yeah. is, then you shouldn't be buying escort like any design services at all. And if yes. like that's seriously ancient in internet terms. Yeah. And so that I was like nine. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, like you know, that's really bad. So I felt kind of bad because I thought, you know, these women and these men who are buying these services, they're really not getting what they should be getting, right? They're paying for something that's out of date, out of out of style, and worse than that, it doesn't work, right? Your website should should have a, a, a specific business goal. And if you're hiring someone who's creating you GeoCities era stuff, it's not gonna work. So that's when I decided to kind of reach out to a few different escorts and say, hey, you know what, uh, you know, I can make you a better website. And they kind of passed the word around. And then I ended up uh, meeting the ladies who run the, uh, the, the Naked List website. I built their website for them. And they are three ladies who wanted to provide escort or like an advertising website, similar to Leo List, but run by sex workers. Right. So I built their their two sites, the Naked List and the Naked Truth. And the Naked Truth is their kind of blog site. Naked List is their listing site. Oh, and yeah. So, and that's kind of how it evolved from there. Wow, that's amazing. And like word of mouth is really, really powerful too. And especially like within our community too. Like we really run through with like referrals and people that are trusted um, because there are like, well, one, there are so many platforms that you can use to build your website, which we'll get into later. So much are like free services, build your own like templated stuff or like getting into more of the custom kind of work, which I always kind of like stray uh, towards. But um, I mean, going back to some of the examples that you had showed me, it like, it just there there's a disconnect there and what i mean by that is just like if your website is looking like old and outdated and just like not from this era like this century century <laughs> like i don't know like as a as a potential client i don't know if i would be inclined to book with someone that like is this even still relevant like is this even still up and running like to me yeah. it doesn't have that polished a professional kind of feel to it. And I understand that having a website and the cost of like running that and maintaining that is a privilege and not, not everyone can afford to do that, but there's definitely some worthy ways that you can kind of, you know, put your presence on digitally. And also like, you know, there are different tiers of like accessibility in terms of like afford affordability and whatnot. But yeah, like it's, I just feel like the aesthetic should match the person yeah right? and also too is like one thing that i've heard a lot from my clients is that when what the feedback they, they get from their clients is many times it's that i chose your business because i like the look of your website mm -hmm. and they're just that potential clients basically just comparing the visuals and the look and the aesthetic of your website versus your competitors and if your your website looks better then they'll choose you and that that's actually it's, it's something i hear quite a bit it's it's kind of strange to me that consumers would make a decision just based on the visuals but i mean it, it happens a lot <laughs> so um you know the your look of your website is, is really important but the the danger to that is that you yourself might not be the best person to decide if your website looks good or not because mm. I've had some clients, I had one client, she's like, she was so proud of her website that she designed. 
And I, I told her, I said, well, I mean, if you like it, that's great, but your website looks out of date. It's an old 2000s era design. Mm -hmm. But she doesn't know that because her thinking about the internet kind of is around 2000 era. So in her mind, it's up to date, but it, it's not. So um, it's really kind of difficult to, to sometimes tell clients like, hey, what you think looks good uh, may not look good. And, and <laughs> more than that is it may not work. Because a lot of times people make the mistake of like thinking like web design is how it looks. And that's just part of it. Part but of as it, a business yeah. owner, you have to be looking at, does it work? And what yeah. is the goal of the website? If your goal of your website, like, like you mentioned, most of my clients are escorts. So their goal of their website is to get inquiry, mm -hmm. right? That's the only goal of the website is to get inquiry. They need the person to come to the website, fill out that contact form to book that appointment. That's the goal. And so no matter what it looks like, if it's not accomplishing that goal, we need to change some things. Totally. You, you, you may not like the design. You may be like, ah, I don't like it or whatever. But if it's working and you got money coming in your pocket, then hey, <laughs> it's all good. If it's not working, you may love it, but it's time to change it. So totally. And sometimes that can be a hard conversation for some people when they get so attached to a certain design or they've had something for like a long time. There's like an emotional attachment to that. But yeah, honestly, like you kind of like hit the nail on the head there is like and like driving it down to like functionality and like how people navigate your site like all of that is super super important it's not just about the design yeah but but yeah i mean <laughs> in our industry i feel like a lot of people or a lot of clients are very visual <laughs> yeah <laughs> and unfortunately like the judging a book by its cover kind of <laughs> can ring true in our industry but that can also work to your advantage, though, because like if you're new to the industry, you're brand spanking new, right? And you're thinking like, well, I'm brand new. I don't have experience. I'm going to charge a lower rate. Well, you don't necessarily have to do that because you could create a website that looks like you could command $1,000 an hour. Now, you may not be able to actually perform that and fulfill that. You may be nervous or whatever, right? But that's, all, that's something that you need to work on. But you could be brand spanking new but create a website that looks like you're like $1,000 an hour and the client won't know any difference. They'll look at that and go, wow, this looks great, you know, and they, you know, book and you got $1,000 an hour client. So True. It, the interesting thing about the internet is like you can kind of, you know, basically fake it till you make it. <laughs> and it's just that it's up to you to, to, to kind of, be that thousand dollar an hour sex worker right so totally yeah fake a, it. and i mean like it's marketing at its core it's like this looks really good this makes me want to buy it this makes yeah. me want to like you know get it get the service and whatnot so and we'll we'll talk about some marketing tactics later on as well but why don't we start at step one in terms of like you know getting a website um what you have to do what platforms are good what's bad and maybe we can start with um the conversation around like build your own websites and like pre-made templates and stuff like that first yeah okay. and then so we go from there and just for your viewers i got my notes to the side here so that's why i'm looking <laughs> off to the side but okay so uh, i mean like once again, mo most of my clients are escorts. So that's kind of what my understanding is. If you're camming or you're doing OnlyFans or you're doing something else, some of you may not necessarily need a website per se because your objectives are different. If you're OnlyFans, if you're doing only if you're only doing OnlyFans, <laughs> then your objective is just get people on that platform, right? So um but my my background is kind of helping escorts get clients. So you you need to have a website. You need to have a presence online. Specifically, you need to have a presence online that you can control. Mm -hmm. And in this industry, this is really important because at any given moment, whatever happens in society or whatever, your your content that you don't control, meaning like if you're on like on a, like social media or like Squarespace or other things, your content could be taken down. Right. And you're and if you don't have a, a, an online presence you control, you basically can disappear. And one thing I tell all my clients is, you know, it's a really good idea to have multiple ways that you can connect with clients and your clients can connect with you. If your website goes down, you've got a different email address. If your email goes down, you've got social media that they can contact you with. So 
because the industry is what it is and it's kind of it's volatile due to you know regulations and other, like you said other people's interference um it's good to have a presence where you control your narrative and your your brand image and and your connection with your clients and all that so that's why i think like one having a website is really important right more important than having like social media and whatnot I will quickly jump in here and say that, um, yeah, like with so many social media accounts, like Instagram going down or your page getting deleted or suspended, um, that could also happen with your clip sites too. If you go post something against their terms and services, I remember the whole thing with OnlyFans like threatening to shut down a couple of years ago too. Like that's the whole thing. Another way that like, you know, we're stressing the importance of like having your own website is a really great thing because as you mentioned, that's something you can control. So Regardless if you are in full service or not, like I still think it's super, super useful depending – like it doesn't even really matter what type of sex work you do. Um, I just wanted to pop in there and say that. Yeah, but like sorry. having some type of presence online because the thing is like, you know, the thing that situation with OnlyFans, the r- rumor was it, was it wasn't their decision. It was the bank's decision. Right. Right. And the bank said we're not going to process these payments anymore. And that's a, that's a huge issue in your industry, you know, like – you know, PayPal won't, don't do it. And so how do you, how do you get paid? Right. And so, yeah, like you could spend a lot of time and money building up a large OnlyFans account. And if you're relying on that and then suddenly something beyond your control removes that, then, then you're kind of stuck. Right. So having a website online allows you to have a little bit more control over your presence on the internet and specifically your communication with potential customers and your, your core fan base and all that. Right. Um, so whenever people ask about websites online, they, you know, the question always comes up, like, should I go with something like Squarespace or Wix or Weebly or any of these other, what they call like templated websites, or should I like build my own website? And there's pros and cons of both. And to kind of quickly, you know, kind of summarize it is that Squares, like I'll use Squarespace as an example, but when I Squares, when I say Squarespace, I mean Wix and Weebly and all these other ones that you can kind of just drag and drop stuff into. Um, those, the main benefit, those is they're a lot easier to create your website because they're designed for people with no experience, whatever. You just drag photos in, type some text, hit publish and boom, you got a website. So it's super, super simple versus building your own website. You need to either hire someone like me or hire a designer and a coder, and you need to find hosting and there's a little bit more technical involved in it. Um, I feel though that that route is, is a better option because Squarespace, if you look at their terms of service, they say you're not allowed to have any obscene content on your website. Right. Now, what's obscene? They don't even define it. <laughs> but what can happen is something goes wrong, you know, and the media gets a hand, you know, someone posts something bad and the media goes bananas and, oh, my God, Squarespace is supporting prostitution or whatever. They don't right. want that bad PR. They do a quick search for their database of any escort related keywords and they just delete everybody's account like that. Yeah. And with the one keystroke, your business is gone and everything's gone. You have no recourse to that whatsoever. Wix, all those ones are the same. So it's all okay until it's not okay. And then then you're basically screwed. Um, yeah. With your own personal website, like a self-hosted website, you're less likely that's going to happen because... Um, you're obviously more in control. And two, without trying to get too technical, but the hosting company is a company that hosts all your files for your website, like your photos and text and all that. And it's best to choose kind of an offshore company and a relatively small company. And the reason for that is because, you know, there's that in America, there's that SESTA-FOSTA thingy that, you know, that legislation and all that. Well, that that legislation targets big, site, big companies like Squarespace and all that. It's easy for them to target that. It's much harder for them to find little Tom's hosting company in the Netherlands. <laughs> and, you know, because <laughs> there's thousands, millions of hosting companies on the Internet. So you're yeah. basically just going to hide out there. And worst case scenario, if something happened to that, it's not hard to then just move your site to another small hosting company almost like that. Um, you should have a backup copy of your site. I've backup copies on my client's website. If the hosting company ever went down, I could have everybody's site up in 24 hours. Right. Now, it's a bit technical to try to do all that kind of stuff, but if you if your business is really relying upon having that website up and running and you need that website up and running, you know, no risk to it whatsoever, 
that's a better option is spend a bit of money in the beginning, get the proper website set up, get hosting set up, make sure hosting is overseas, like Singapore, Netherlands, places like that. And then have a backup option, you know, have your backup files on your computer or whatever, so that if it does go down, unlikely, you can just put it up. It's like, it's like that game of whack-a-mole, basically, you know, remember that the fair game, you know, like this, you know, like it's basically, that's what it is with the government. So if the government shuts one down, you just go to another one. Right. And the thing is like these small, these small hosting companies are so many and so hard to find. And it's, it's not worth the government's time to go after something like that. So right. you're just like, eh, I'll just pop it up over here. So <laughs> that's, that's the, the, the kind of the, the big differences I see between like Squarespace and Wix and a self-hosted website is that, yes, it's much easier to set up a website on those ones. Mm-hmm. Much easier. You can do it yourself. Right. However, just know that you run the risk of your website getting taken down if anything happens, they get bad PR or whatever beyond your control. You probably won't even have anything to do with you. You know, someone will post something obscene, the media will get hold of it, and they'll just shut everybody's down. So yeah. that's the risk that you have with like a site like Squarespace or something like that. Totally. I mean, like I I am a Squarespace client for my personal website, but there's nothing really on there that is going against their terms and services. And I will say it is very easy to use. And maybe it's a good stepping stone for you to like potentially get started just to have some presence on there until you can afford to get something on your own. But honestly, like with all the costs, because like because everything's built in with Squarespace, their costs are definitely higher. So just keep that in mind as well. So if you're trying to like think about like, okay, well, if I go custom, then it's going to cost this much. But then if I just do something with myself in Squarespace, it'll only cost this. But those customizations, the more you add to your Squarespace account does add up. So it might just be good to go with WordPress. Those companies like Squarespace, what they do is that they they make it very hard for you to leave their platform. Yes. So, (laughs) you know, it's challenging to like back up your website or to change your files or change your domain name or anything like that. And also too, is like, yeah, like you said, like if you wanted to say add a store, like you wanted to sell t-shirts or something like that, you know, you that's an extra feature that you have to pay to for Squarespace to add that. So you have to figure out the cost of, okay, that's going to cost X amount per month. And then, you know, versus if you have your own website, there's a lot of, you know, kind of semi-free services that you can just add to your website. Right. Yeah. So, and usually a one-time fee, but yeah. uh, space is like a subscription. So just like, yeah. 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 So it's really just depends on, you know, like say yourself and your, and your technical abilities and, and kind of, it's really challenging though, because it's like, if you don't know the technical side, who do you trust in this industry? Do you go to that GeoCities lady that we showed you and like, <laughs> or like, who, who do you trust? Right. So, yeah. Um, so it might be not a bad idea to start on a site like Squarespace, kind of get familiar with the whole internet, you know, running a website and then perhaps later on, if you're starting to get some business from it, then later on transition to like your own website or something like that, a custom website. Yeah. Good stepping stone. Um, but when we go into like step two in terms of like uh, choosing a domain, how what what's the importance with that? Okay. Yeah. So the domain name, Domain name or your stage name, what I've found is that of all of my clients, when I look at the traffic that they get, and this is this has a little bit to do with SEO, which I believe I covered in here yeah. at the end there. But on, yeah. <laughs> um, one of the one of the, the, the challenges that uh, one of the biggest search query that what people type in is their name. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm trying to make this as simple as possible. Like, like SEO is basically just optimizing your website for Google. So when someone types in, like say Vancouver Escort, you want your website to come up to the top because obviously, you know, the, the top five get clicked on the most. The problem is any type of keyword, any type of term that revolves around sex work has been dominated by large porn sites. Mm-hmm. So if I search like Vancouver Escort, the porn hub or any of the sites are going to come up and like, here's all the individual anchor score does this and this or whatever. Like those sites dominate all that. So it's really hard for you as a, as a small website to try to rank within that, to try to be found within that. But what I've found is that for my clients, many of the search terms that people are using to find their website is their name. 
And I suspect this is because they're reading reviews online or maybe they found them on social media or whatever. So they're trying to find where this person is online. And so they're searching their name. Mm -hmm. So your stage name and slash domain name domain is like the .com something something .com. That's those two should be the same. But what you want to do is you want to make it a name that doesn't exist anywhere else in the world. Right. And the reason for this is that if you pick a name, say you have a, an, an author, an 18th century author that you love, you know, Florence Heatherston Nightingale or something like that. You know, you're like, <laughs> oh, I love that name. I'm going to choose that name. Well, the problem is Google doesn't love sex work. Oh, yeah. Right. It, right. You know, it, it shows it, but it's kind of eh. So if, if, if your name matches some historical figure, public figure, someone with some kind of internet presence, Google's going to show their content first, well before they'll show your content. Mm. So even if that person's long gone or whatever, you're going to have a hard time ranking against them because Google prefers that type of content versus sex work content. Right. So... I know, I know some, some of the, the, the clients, you know, they like to choose names that are kind of famous celebrities or like kind of a variation yeah. of a celebrity yeah. or whatever. Right. But you're, you're going to, it's going to be really hard for people to find you. Cause even if you take a celebrity's name and you change a bit of the spelling a little bit, Google has that autocorrect. So it's going to show you the autocorrected version. Like, did you mean this? Yeah. And it's going to show you that. Right. So it's better to have a stage name and a domain name that doesn't exist anywhere else in the internet so yeah. that when you people search for that google has no other choice but to show your content you know right. see a toad pants sewing machine or something like that like i don't know like just something like really really crazy yeah <laughs> you know? because there's like no possibility that someone else is going to have the name see a toad pants sewing machine right like that'd be yeah. nuts so pick something like really crazy like that because then when people search your stuff will come up and no one else's right, stuff right. will come up. Such so good advice. Yeah. That's super, super key, especially for those listening. I know there's a lot of people that listen to the show that are just like doing the research before they get started and take the plunge. So some sound advice for you listeners. <laughs> yeah. This is more for um, people who are brand new. Who may, Like if you've got a name already, like I wouldn't recommend changing mm -hmm. it unless, unless uh, – if you have a large audience, then don't change it. But if you if your audience is not as big, then you could consider changing it. But yeah, if you're kind of getting new and you're thinking about like what what should we find a stage name, you know, like do a search first. Like oh, I can make yeah. a list of them, you know, and then search online to see like is that available? Is there any famous person or anything with that name? And if there's not, then grab it, you know, and yeah. register that <laughs> domain name, and then you'll be fine. And then use you try to use the same um domain like name across all your social media as well like everything that so your dot com is the same name as your twitter your instagram only found etc etc is all that same so when someone searches all of that stuff will come up questions for you is dot com better than like other endings as well like dot ca dot co dot um, how like how would you answer not so that? much anymore there's like no. not so much anymore you know if you take a look at kind of even like the the Google the browsers and all they're starting to look kind of remove a lot of that dot you know the the domain names there so it's not so much anymore it's more about what is easy for people to remember right if you have some crazy dot pizza or something that's hard to kind of people remember then it's you know it's just going to be challenging but the dot com is the easiest one for people to remember it's easy it's the cheapest one to register as well Oh, you know, okay. so yeah, you know, like my one is like dot design. I thought that was so clever, like Fox Digital dot design. I'm like, yeah, design. It's like forty five dollars a year to register. But the dot com <laughs> is like fifteen dollars. You know, I was like, what? <laughs> what so about try to. Sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say, try to pick a name that's like not you know not out there anywhere, and one that's fairly easy for people to remember. And just because that then that dot com will be available. Just consider that almost every word in the dictionary that ends in dot com is taken. So you look up a random word in the dictionary, that dot com is probably taken. And every single combination of like four letters is taken. So A Z T P dot com is probably already taken. So all that's taken. So try to think of something that's super rare and then grab the dot com and you know you'll be fine. 
Here we go. One more question before I move on. Um, where are the best places or how do you determine the best places to register your domain? Because there's so much out there. Like, would you go the same route as like finding the small guy? And yeah, um, yeah, good, good question there. What I recommend is I personally use a, a company called Enom. Um, let me see here. There's you can put that in the show one. notes. <laughs> yeah. What was the other one that... Uh, there's another one. I have to I have to get back to you. That yeah, one? that's okay. Send me your notes. No, Namecheap. I think it's Namecheap. Is it Namecheap? Yeah, Name. No, it's not Namecheap. Sorry. I have to get back. Yeah, there's another company that I recommend. Um, I've recommended to a few of my clients. I recommend having your domain register different than your hosting company because if one goes down, then once again, you, you still got that, you know? Um, I, once again, I do recommend kind of going with the smaller companies. Don't go with like GoDaddy or don't go with any companies you advertised on Super Bowl ads or anything like that because <laughs> you're paying for those Super Bowl ads, right? Like they they want to hook you in with low prices and then get you in. And then one thing that GoDaddy has been known to do is that if you go to GoDaddy.com and they'll say like, hey, register your name, check if it's available. So you type in, you know cs you know stretchypants.com whatever <laughs> hey it's available but i'm gonna think about that for a bit then you come back the next day and it's registered and then GoDaddy sends you an email saying hey we registered this for you did you want to buy it mm -hmm. and you can buy it through us and like oh you sneaky bastards like so <laughs> yeah you know i would go with a smaller company um i can send you the links to the one i just can't remember off the top of my head what it was now i use this company called enom and that's a little bit for larger, like for someone like me, it registers a lot of domains. But there's another company I used to use. They're actually, I think they're based in Canada. Um, I'll send that yeah. to you as well. Send you later. That's cool. Cool. I mean, sorry for the side tangents, but I just had to ask. <laughs> no, yeah. But why don't we go into like the fundamentals of like a good website design and like what do you consider as like quote unquote good? Okay, so this this is something I alluded to earlier is that a lot of times when people think of website design, they think of how it looks. Mm -hmm. I think people in the sex industry, especially because it's it's them, right? They're the content, so they want it. They want the site to look as good as it can be. Um, but what you need to think about isn't so much how it looks, but how it works, and what is the objective of your website. If your website is to get inquiry, then that should be the whole function of the website. It should be designed so that wherever people land on the site, that they get directed to that inquiry form and you have to think that thing with google nowadays is that google doesn't care about your entire website you can test this do a search for like iphone cases and you'll see the first result is from apple but it's not apple.com it's like apple.com shop something iphone something case it's like it's a web page deep within apple's website that's what google's trying to show you google wants to show you the best result for your search query and it doesn't care whether it's like a paragraph within the page or like it's an image or a video or whatever it doesn't care about like you know where it is it just wants to show you that piece of information so right. what can happen is someone searching for say escorts in vancouver google shows them maybe your contact page because on your contact page you have the keyword like vancouver or something like that because you may not have vancouver on like your rates page or your gallery or something so it's right. your contact page or your etiquette page or something like that. So don't think that people are going to land on your homepage and look at all your gorgeous photos and then check out all your other pages and then like, oh, I'm going to contact you. Like that's not the journey that people go on anymore. Right. They will, they could start anywhere in your website because you don't know what page Google thinks is the most relevant for that particular search query. Right. So it's important that wherever they land, they're able to transition from that piece of content to what you want them to do, which is the contact form, as quickly and easily as possible. Right. So that's the number one thing you have to think about is don't think of it as like a brochure that people are going to flip through the whole thing and be like, wow, this is great. You know, think of it like a map. Like yeah. you're searching for something. Here's map of my website and here's the answer and here's what I want you to do next. Come here. Right. And anything yeah. that kind of makes that process difficult is detrimental to you as a business owner because it can potentially cost you money. For example, you know, a lot of people like to put their social media links on their website. 
But ask yourself, you know, before you do that, ask yourself, do I make money by people contacting me on my inquiry form or do I make money by people following me on Instagram? Right. I mean, yeah, sure. It might feel good to have a lot of followers on Instagram. Yeah, it feels good. But that's not paying your rent. You know, you could have lots of followers on there, but if you're not getting paid, you're eating, you know, top ramen noodles at the end of the month, right? So <laughs> that's you me. get paid when, yeah, you're looking at your YouTube channel like, what's what's noodles should I eat this month? You know, like got 10 million followers on Instagram and I'm eating noodles, you know? Um, so you have to ask yourself like, okay, how do I get paid? What's my cash register? My cash register is my contact form. That's the goal. That's the next step in the process that I want the clients to take. So anything that takes them away from that is detrimental to your business. Now, should you not have your social media links on your website? Not necessarily. You can put them on your website, put them in the bottom of the foot or whatever, but they should be kind of low priority. Last thing, if people look everywhere and they're interested, fine, go follow me on Instagram and then maybe you'll come back later. But that customer journey is really important for everybody to understand. And that customer journey overrides the aesthetics of the website to some degree. And I'll give you an example. A lot of my clients, they love to have thousands of photos of themselves on their website. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they love having huge honking galleries of like lots and lots and lots of photos. But what is the objective of the photo? The objective of the photo is to entice the client enough for them to want to make an inquiry, right? So the more photos you have, the less effective they become. Because mm -hmm. as an individual photo, it loses its effectiveness. It becomes this gallery now, it becomes this huge thing. And clients are like scrolling through all this you might even run the risk that the client scrolled through everything and their enthusiasm goes down right or maybe they're like oh, okay maybe you know um, come back later or something like that so yeah. adding lots and lots of photos and especially photos like selfie photos oh you know if you <laughs> if you hire a photographer and you've got these fantastic photos on your website and then you start uploading like photos of you from your phone like you know yeah. hey you know i'm shopping or whatever well, there's a bit of a disconnect there, right? Mm -hmm. And one is, one is not accomplishing your goal, which is to entice the client to make that inquiry. So that's an area where adding more photos aesthetically, you know, maybe you think it looks better or whatever, but it's actually counterproductive to having a business-oriented website, which, you know, which is what I'm trying to build for everybody. Right. So these are the things that, um, I try to, you know, help my clients understand these are also things that are, aren't really talked about as much kind of in the digital space, right? A lot of mm -hmm. people in this world like to talk kind of techno mumbo jumbo. Yeah. And so it's hard to kind of know what's, what, what you should really do. Totally. But the fundamentals, what I call the fundamentals of website design is like, is basically like, what do you want this, this website to do? Mm -hmm. Is it to drive OnlyFans? Is it to, if it's to do that, then the design would be different. Is it to drive inquiry? Is it to sell merch? Right. Whatever it is that you want it to do, that is priority number one. And the design should support that, no matter how good you or bad you think it looks. Yeah, and that's always a bit of a conversation I have with my clients because I was no, I want this, I want flowers, I want this. I'm like. Yes, but I know that that's going to not make your site as effective. You're losing money. Yeah. You're losing money, exactly. And that's a really good way of putting it too. Like it's so important. And this goes into like UX, UI or like user experience talk, which we're probably not going to cover, but this is a good like primer to that. But you need to think about like the experience that say potential clients are coming onto your website for. And like you want to, as you mentioned earlier, get them to that booking page as soon as possible and making it as easy as possible. Cause like, you know, the longer that they linger on the site, they can't find like the link to go to the booking page. They're going to leave. And that's something called like bounce rate. And that's like what you don't want because you want people to stay on your website. Sure. Navigate through your website, but also like, what is your end goal? You want to get that lead in. Right. So Anyways. And also, too, sending people to social media is, is dangerous because social media is the biggest distraction engine in the world. Their <laughs> business model is to take that person that you've sent them and keep that person on their website as long as possible. 
So they're like, hey, you're looking at uh, Sia, you know, eating noodles. Here's some pictures of dogs and cats eating noodles. And here's this and this and this. And so like suddenly that client's like down this rabbit hole looking at like animals eating noodles. Like, how did I get here? And they totally forgot that they're on your website. So you should think of social media as driving traffic from social media to your website. That's the goal of social media. It shouldn't be the other way around. And once you get them on the website, the goal is to get them to make that inquiry so that you can make that booking. Right. That's the core fundamentals of website design. Here we go. So many good points here. And I could keep nerding out and talking about this, but given the time that we have, I'd love to chat about like, you know, if you are at that step in your career and you're like, I actually want to build a custom website um, and I don't want to do it myself because I don't have any experience or like, I just want to take it to the pros. Like what are you, what are some tips in terms of like finding a good website designer and what the hell is a quote unquote good website designer? Yeah, see, this is so, this is really difficult. This is really challenging because there's no qualification in this industry. Right. Anybody can create a website and say, yeah, I'm a designer, you know, and like, like I showed you, I don't know if you want to show that lady said or not, maybe only to your <laughs> Patreon's fans or whatever. But I mean, you know, I shared with Sia this, this lady who is creating websites for sex workers. And in my opinion, her design is really out of date and it's she so shouldn't be charging money for any of that. Yeah, um, bad. On the other end of the spectrum, there's a site uh, I think we can mention it's called Honey Butter. Look up honey butter. I think it's honeybutter.com or something like that. You know, there's a hyphen in the middle there. They create fully custom websites. And by that, I mean, you know, custom typeface for, for everybody. And that's really time consuming, oh, right? Yeah. Typography design is really time consuming. So the type of font that you have on that, they're, they're really, and if you take a look at a lot of their clients' hourly rates, they're in the thousand to two thousand dollars an hour range. Mm-hmm. So if mm-hmm. you're that, you know, if you're in that range, then you, yeah, you can afford a place like that. Uh, my service, I think I kind of come more in the middle that I do create a custom website, but I'm not so custom that I'm designing like a unique font just for you. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. I start with a template and I modify that to fit your personality. But I think what it comes down to is it really kind of comes down to kind of personal taste. Mm-hmm. If you like the look of that lady's GeoCity era websites, who am I to say that you shouldn't use her service? Mm-hmm. It may not work. It may not be the best option for you in terms of your business and all that, unfortunately. And you will probably lose clients because of that, because of the aesthetic of it. But if you really like it, then go for go it. Go for it. You know, yeah. so I think. I think the best way to find a designer is, you know, look at their portfolio, see if you like what they're producing. And what I would do is email them some questions. And in regards to like, hey, how many revisions can we do? You know, Mm -hmm. what about this? Ask them a few different questions. And what you're looking for isn't necessarily their answers per se, but how they answer you. Do they take a week to answer you? Mm-hmm. Well, why, why does it take so long to answer an email? That's too long, right? You, yeah. Then you got to wonder, well, if I pay this person a deposit or whatever, how long is the process going to take? Is their answers professional? Mm-hmm. You know, do they just come back, you know, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, send me the money. Right. Well, then uh, how professional do you think they're going to, if you run your business professionally, how professional are they going to be? Are mm-hmm. they, are they send you an email like, yeah, just text me the stuff and uh, I'll, I'll get on it. Right. Well, businesses don't text, right? <laughs> you don't call the Marriott Hotel to book a room and they're like, yeah, just text us when you get here. Like, right? So <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Yeah. So <laughs> if you are trying to maintain a certain level of professionalism in your business, look for other businesses that do the same. And, you know, if you, you know, look at their social media, if they're posting on Twitter and Facebook and they've got like lots of emojis in their posts and, <laughs> other things like that maybe they're not the most professional you know business that you may not want to work with yeah so, like can i ask you like and what i think is important because you, you mentioned a couple earlier but like what questions should you be asking the designer i think that's really important to know it's like i would ask them like um uh, first i want to see their portfolio um mm-hmm. for, you know maybe they don't have it but if i ask them like hey can you send me some examples and then ask them for referrals in this industry, referrals is super important. 
And I would ask for referrals and and contact those clients and say, how was your experience with with so and so, you know, person? Right. And, you know, some are going to be great. Some are going to be, I have clients who probably will say really negative things about me. Um, <laughs> but I think you just have to kind of determine, okay, well, how many of those negative things are being said? How many of those positive things are being said? And, we'll, and, we'll, and make your decision based on that. Um, but that's really, I think. And then the other thing you could do is um, ask for a consultation call. Mm-hmm. And and it doesn't have to be long. Just say, hey, you know, I'm kind of new to web design. I just wonder if I could take 15 minutes of your time to uh, have a quick chat about, you know, before I go ahead with this. If they're hesitant to do that, then I would be hesitant to book with them. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people in my industry don't like that, of course, because they're like, I don't have time to spend answering the phone all the time and all that. And yeah, I can see if you're if you're that busy, you know, you, you know, maybe you could outsource that, or whatever. But I feel like in this industry, too many times people try to hide behind their website. Right. And it's not just small, it's tech. Like good luck trying to get a hold of someone at Facebook or Uber or Google, right? The tech world likes to hide behind the technology. Mm-hmm. And if you're, you know, don't forget, you're putting your personal information on online because right, I, I get paid from my clients. I know their real names. I know their banking information. I can see their client inquiries and all that, right? So you're putting a lot of trust into this random person you know, some of my clients, I, I blur their photos out, you know, mm. you know their face all that. Well, they're sending me the, the original photo. Yeah. So you have to make sure that that person is then not like reselling those on some porn yeah. website or, you know, you're giving the person your real information, right? So mm. if they're not willing to take 10, 15 minutes to answer your questions, why would you want to give that person any money? Yeah. And no fine. matter how busy they say they are, they're not. You know, they're, they're not running Facebook. They're not running Instagram. They're not getting billions of inquiries. This this website designed for sex workers is a very, very small industry, right? So it's not like we're like flowing with clients. All We all wish we were, but, you know, so if they can't take 15 minutes or so just to take a quick phone call, I would be very cautious. A little bit concerning. Yeah, I think so. Or even maybe just, you know, like quick chat or something online or something like that. But yeah, I think the the privacy in this industry is so important that I would be very cautious about handing any information or money over to someone that you can't at least have a phone call with. Absolutely. It's so, so important. I'm so glad you said that because, yeah, like it's it's really personal. It's really personal and you put like a, a lot of your money into this as well. So you want it to work. But then you you have to make sure that you are finding the right fit um, for someone who's going to make your website. And there's a lot of trust that kind of goes into that as well. So, Well, not only too, a lot of my clients, like this is the sex work is, on the, is part-time, right? So they could yeah. have like a regular job. Yes. And so – if they got exposed, they could lose their regular job. So it's really, really dangerous. So I would like, like I said, like I, I think the best option is just to try to get on a phone call with these people because there's no short. If you search like escort web design, there's no shortage of the websites that come up. And honestly, most of them are garbage. Like that's when I looked at that. I was like, wow, this is what's being offered. Like this is terrible. Yeah. Um. So I would try to find someone local to your area, someone preferably kind of small business based. There's a lot of women that actually do it too. There, there was a, yeah. like a number of women designers who kind of focus on this. I think they would be good to maybe contact and just say like, hey, uh, can we have a quick chat or a quick, you know, type chat or a phone call or whatever. I just want to ask a few questions before we get started and just kind of feel them out and see what they say or ask for references. Absolutely. Well, lastly, um, I want to chat about SEO or search engine optimization, a bit of digital marketing in there as well as we close out the show. And this is a very big topic, but we'll do our best to kind of provide. Um, yeah, I'll try idea. to wrap it up as quickly as possible. But like <laughs> SEO and SEO and digital marketing is like, it's so hard to, to quantify and like, because it's so vague, you know, the whole industry SEO is so vague and the people in the industry love that because they can charge you a lot of money to do something that they don't know. I don't know. What are you doing? We're just doing SEO. What is that exactly? Well, it's SEO. Like what? <laughs> so it's, it's the whole industry is kind of runs on this ambiguity to try to milk as much money on the clients as they can. But um, as we mentioned, kind of the top of the show, SEO is basically how well do you rank in search results? So someone searches for various keywords, where does your website rank in those search results? And, and obviously you want to try to rank as high as possible. 
Now, as you mentioned, the challenge with this particular industry is that any kind of key, certain keywords are dominated by porn sites that are massive, that you'll have no chance of ranking against. And also, too, is that Google itself doesn't really like this whole industry. So you're kind of, you're, it's hard for you to use regular SEO strategies that you might use for like, a, you know, some regular small business. Mm -hmm. um, to try to improve your search ranking. So it's a bit of a challenge within this particular industry. Um, but one of the key things that you have to think about in terms of SEO and how Google looks at websites is one of the, the, the main thing that Google looks like on a website is the text. Mm -hmm. Google has these computer programs called spiders and they basically crawl over the internet and they read everything on your website. And they, they, they say they read everything on your website. Like, okay, well, this web page is about this because we've read all the content on it. So one of the one of the ways you know to to kind of optimize your website for SEO, they call it, is to add certain keywords to your website. So mm -hmm. if you're an escort based in Vancouver, you want to have the word escort, uh, Vancouver, Vancouver. Yeah. companion, something right. like that. Like whatever you think your clients are going to be searching for on your website. Mm -hmm. Now here's the tricky part: is that Google doesn't really like those kind of words. Yes. So you have to kind of like get around that. So one way that you could do that is by, um, for example, creating a blog. Mm -hmm. And you, you write about uh, sex worker rights or something like that on your blog. And in your blog, you, you and like, um, like uh, so like, let me see here. You were talking about like sex worker rights and, and we had a discussion with, you know, Susie Fancy Pants, who is a Vancouver-based escort. Mm -hmm. Well, Vancouver-based escort is the keywords that you want to link back to your website. Right. So your blog is authoritative. It's about, it's not about escorting. It's about sex work in general, the legalization or the or criminalization or stigma or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And then just in there, in that blog, you use those certain keywords to link back to your website. It's not a hundred percent, you know, foolproof method, but it's one way to try to, to rank for those certain types of keywords. Right. And if you can get your friends and colleagues who also have websites to link back to your website, that's also a good strategy as well. Mm -hmm. it's ideally using it's kind of a similar strategy. Don't ask your friend who's got like a website and has got a huge long list of links to add your site to that. <laughs> that strategy is long dead. Right. Ideally, you want like some website that is like authoritative on a specific topic like sex work or something like that. And they include a link to your site within there. So one way you could do that, like, like, you know, say you got like 10 friends who all got websites, noodle website, photography website, whatever. Um, include a link to your website somewhere in the body of that text there. And if you could get, like, I know like with some of my clients, like they're, they're part of a Facebook group. It's got like 300 women in it, you know, and they all like talk. So that could be a way to like say, Hey, who's all got a website? Let's all start linking to each other. And that's one way to try to rank a little bit higher for specific keywords. Right. If everybody starts linking to your website for like Vancouver Escort, then Google's going Google's to say, okay, well, this site must be important for this particular keyword. We're going to start to boost it up. Right. Um, that's, that's one way to get around it. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing that you should do, and this is getting a little bit technical, but is to optimize your URL, like the domain, like the .com. Um, but even like for specific pages, like you may have a page for like rates, and so you have like something, something.com slash rates, but mm -hmm. that's a good opportunity to put like escort rates, escort Vancouver rates, or ah. something like that, you know? And then your images, you have a title description and for your images. So when yeah. you, if you take a picture from your phone and you just upload that directly, it's going to have the title from your phone, which could be a yeah. bunch of numbers, seven, four, three, two, one, or whatever. Like, yeah. yeah, like that. <laughs> like, that doesn't tell Google anything, right? So yeah. you want to like change that to be like your name and ideally location and like black lingerie or something like that, you know? Right. Descriptive. Because once again, the, the biggest search query that I see is your name. When clients are searching for your name, they see a review, they see on, so they're searching for a name. So you want to show 
Google, hey, all these images are for my name. And all this content is for my name. So to optimize your website as much as possible so that anytime someone searches for your name and your name is unique and no one else has that same name, your content just dominates the whole top page of Google. It's impossible for someone else to kind of control that. And that's one way. I know it gets a bit, bit technical. You can do that on Squarespace. You can do it on any of those websites. They all offer that kind of yes. you know, option um, to kind of boost your SEO ranking as much as possible. Right, right. Gosh, I, this is like such a big topic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much else, how much more we can fit in here, but it's also really, really important though, um, uh, but also time consuming. It can be time consuming. Yeah, it can be time consuming, but I mean, if you do it properly from the beginning, it's not too bad. And like, like I said, like I think a lot of escorts, like they, need, they don't need to have a very big website. I think really they only need about four or five pages, right? You know, homepage, rates, gallery, etiquette, contact, maybe like OnlyFans or something like that. So they don't actually need a very big website. So it's good to optimize that website from the, from the beginning, from when you start. So optimize the title, the page titles, the URLs, images, the text, everything's optimized from the beginning. Then it's not hard to just kind of keep that up to date, change the text every now and then, update new photos, Remove the old photos so you don't have this super massively long gallery or whatever, you know. Um, then I think for a lot of them, the success of their business really comes in the offline component. And they should be looking at that, which I'm sure many of the successful ones are, but they should be looking at that and tracking that as much as they're tracking the inquiries from their website. So like client made an inquiry, client made an appointment, Client showed up for the appointment, actually paid me. Okay, great. Can I get that client to repeat that appointment? Right. And how many of my clients are repeats? And how can I increase that ratio? And then of the ratio that's in, that are repeats, how can I extract more revenue from them? Right. You know, and so all this stuff I think should be tracked. So I think the bulk of the, like the business side of escorting actually is in the offline. The website is just one function. It's just to get that inquiry. Right. And then how you respond to that inquiry and how you handle that and all that will kind of determine your success or failure in the, in the business. That's unfortunately something exactly. I can't help you with. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I mean, like you have provided so much, like a plethora of information today and I'm sure we can keep talking forever and I love I'm, I'm in marketing too so like I'm just a nerd about this kind of stuff so I'm like ooh, this is so interesting <laughs> it's interesting like, for me too a little bit because it's a challenging industry to try to market because you're limited in regards to regulation and tools and, and all that so it's kind of interesting for me to see like how we can kind of get around all that um, to try to boost clients you know rankings and popularity and all that Mm -hmm, definitely. Well, I hope you all found this episode to be informative, but there are a couple questions and they're all just kind of the same question in terms of like pricing, like what is a good price to pay for a website or how much do you charge kind of thing? So like, what are, what are your opinions on that? Uh, well, it goes back to what we talked about in terms of like the aesthetic and the design of, of the designer that your person you hire, because the, the there's no set pricing the pricing is just just like in the escort world there's no set pricing there's some women that charge two thousand dollars an hour some women charge two hundred dollars an hour what's the difference right it just depends on what she feels that she can charge so in this industry it's the same thing so i think that start with start with someone you think you can trust look at their portfolio check their you know references you know on my website you can see the women you just contact them directly off the website if you want you know so check their references see if there's someone you can trust and then find out their rate and see if um if it's within your budget and um and then if it's not then go find someone else there's no shortage of people in this industry who can do yeah. this work there's there's very few that are good but there's no shortage <laughs> of people that think they're good you know so it's just a matter <laughs> of finding one that fits within your budget and um, I think it, it, it wouldn't hurt to negotiate because there's no yeah. fixed rate in this industry, right? You know, there's no fixed rate. So 
uh, negotiate and say, hey, uh, I really like to use a service. Uh, but keep in mind, you know, like like a lot of my clients, they have on their websites, like no negotiation with my rates, like don't even oh, bother and all that. Yeah. And I can understand that. And we kind of feel the same. Like, I don't want people to come up to me and say like, hey, I'll give you like, you know, a really low ball amount. But yeah, I think if you if you kind of negotiate smartly and say, hey, uh, okay, can you give me a little bit of a break or, you know, I'm having a slow period or whatever. Yeah, you, you never know what what, yeah. what they might respond to. Just do be honest and kind of upfront about it. Yeah. You might be able to get a deal and totally get a nice website. Never know until you ask. So yeah, good good sound advice. But Anthony, before I let you go, where can we find you? Uh, my website is foxdigital.design. Perfect. So just go there, and uh, yeah, you can see see everything and you can contact me if you want me to help you with your website. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And if you didn't hear the ad, unless you skipped the ad earlier, um, it, uh, Anthony is offering 20% off for any of the Stripped by Seal listeners. So feel free to pop in a message on his website there where you can contact him, reach out and maybe see what he can do for you. And yeah, super excited. Yeah, just say that. that you, you know, in the contact form, just say you heard me on this podcast and then I'm happy to work out a deal with you. Even if you're not an, a sex worker, I also do regular clients as well. So like whatever business that you're in, doesn't, <laughs> doesn't matter to me what business you're in. <laughs> as long as you pay me, I don't care what business you're in. <laughs> Awesome. Well, Anthony, it was such a pleasure. Thank you for coming on today. I'm so glad we could finally make this happen. And yes, you will all have to wait and see a couple more weeks until the website is fully launched. I am working my little butt off uh, by myself to do that. And um, yeah, for everyone else who is curious, it's stripped by Sia on all major streaming platforms. So Apple, Spotify, I would love if you rated five stars on those platforms. If you are on Apple, write me a review. I've been getting a lot of great reviews lately. So thank you for those who've taken the time to write in. Uh, that really helps like discoverability and just helps people find the show. So um, I would love that. Um, I'm also on Twitter, which I'm very active on there, Stripped by Sia, as well as Instagram, same thing, Stripped by Sia. And very soon, strippedbysia.com. And lastly, patreon.com slash stripped by Sia if you want to help support the podcast uh, financially. So uh, new episodes every single Sunday and we'll see you all for another one next week. Bye! You're listening to Stripped by Sia, hosted, produced, and edited by Steph Sia, music by Ted D, graphic design by Maria Bellandarama, and photography by Ian Dabrin. Thank you.